Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekend sports with a difference. So I thought it'd be fun if we all went around and said our name and a little something about ourselves. I'll start. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. Will you stop your damn sniveling, son? Buck up, Bart. Buck up. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Hey, happy Sunday morning. Hey, hey. It is beautiful out once again. Although I checked the weather and it said it's supposed to be cloudy and cool today. But looking outside, this does not appear to be the case. It's been saying cloudy and cool every time it's supposed to be cold. And it rained once. I think it was, what, Thursday or something like that? Maybe Wednesday? Yeah, it was one of those days. I remember... It was Thursday. That's the only time yeah. I've, I've looked at my weather report and it was actual. It was accurate because other than that, it says, okay, it's going to be 65 and cloudy, and then by 2 o'clock, it's you know blue skies and people on the river. It was one of those, uh, one of those weeks where I – or one of those days where I was taking my wife to the airport because she's gone for the week, and I was just wearing shorts and a T-shirt, and I was helping her like move the bag from her car to my car and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, I got soaking wet because it just started downpouring. And I was not expecting it. I was wearing shorts and a T-shirt. So, not great. Welcome to Portland. Uh, but I am back from San Diego. Uh, it was cool, man. You told me it was a cool city, one of your favorites out there. Or your favorite. Yeah, yes, sir. Um, I liked it a lot. It was a lot smaller than I thought it was. But it kind of reminded me. It was a mix of Portland with some of the food. And it kind of felt like Chicago a little bit, walking down the streets, just kind of the clean streets. Um, it was a cool city, man. Beaches were But nice. it was 80 degrees, you know. No, it was like 68, 70. It was perfect. Oh, really? Okay. It was like the entire week. Or, I mean, we were there for three days, but I was looking at watching the news. Every day was exactly the same. It was 68 to 70 high, 58 to 60 low, mostly sunny every day with some clouds because they've got the marine layer in the morning. Mm-hmm. It was perfect. It was literally perfect. Did you get tacos at any point? Uh, Please say yes. I did not get a taco. I got a, I got a uh, yellowtail and shrimp burrito that was fresh from those refreshed catchers. There you go. So I'm just, not a big. Just caught it outside behind the restaurant. Yeah, probably. I'm not a big taco guy, but I'll, I'll take the fresh fish burrito. It was good. Um, and uh, we went up to La Jolla, which is a little beach town in the area. Uh, my my mother-in-law drove us up to Laguna Beach for one of the days for a little bit, um, which is like an hour north, but we had the rental cars, so we did that and uh, walked around the Gaslamp District. It was a cool little city. The only negative to me was uh, really aggressive homeless people. <laughs> like, mm. in your face, like, hey. You know. Yeah, we're not really used to the uber-aggressive homeless here. No, they tend to Portland. be a little bit... They just kind of mind. They're a little more reserved yeah. here in in Portland, but yeah. yeah, they can be aggressive. You know, other places. Well, I saw guys. Uh, you know, well, that's why people move here. That's why you know a lot of homeless people. You know, move here. There are certain parts of a uh, of the country where they just give them bus bus tickets. Yep. to Oregon to Portland. So. I know. I heard about that. Yeah. I heard that they fly them to Hawaii and they bus them to the other states on the West Coast. Okay, Th- thank you, states. Appreciate it. 
Um, but yeah, I saw guys, uh, you know, uh, down under part as he was pantsless in the middle of the street in the middle of Sunday night. And uh, there was a weird guy opening the 7-Eleven door for everybody and uh, demanding tips for it. Oh. Which uh, I did not give him because I could open my own door. Thank you, sir. Um, That's rude of you. Like, I don't somebody need a, opened your door. I don't You're need a concierge to... for 7-Eleven. <laughs> hey. That, but that's how fancy San Diego is. You know, there's actually a concierge and a doorman at 7-Eleven. That lets you know a lot. Puts everything into perspective, at least for me. <laughs> okay. That's a good one. Uh, good way to look at it, I suppose. Also, I saw this on the way coming in, and I had this, I had this thought. Have you been seeing the 20 is plenty signs all over the place? I have not. Okay, there, there's this initiative that people are trying to get past. I don't know if it's Justin Beaverton or if it's in Portland or if it's a whole county thing. I don't know. Um, it's called 20 is plenty, which means they want to lower all the speed limits on 25 mile an hour streets to 20 mile an hour. It's the, the dumbest thing I've ever. 20 I'm looking miles an hour. I'm looking right now at this 20 is plenty. And now, okay, I, I understand kind of the. There's like a little logic behind it, right? If people dress slower, it's safer. It's not as loud. I get it. But let me just put it this way. This is my first thought when I see these signs is if 80% of the people driving on your road are not driving 25, what makes you think if you lower it to 20, all those people are going to have a change of heart and then decide to drive 20? And if people are going fast, going uh, going 25, like... You say you think they're not going to go just as fast going to if listen. That's what if, I'm saying. It's, if it's I'm, not going to change. If anything. I'm seven minutes behind for work and I know I have to be there in a few minutes, I'm not going to go 20 up Vancouver for what? No, I'm pushing it at least until I see some police somewhere and then I'll slow down. But when I say push it, I don't mean I'm going to go 40. But man, I'm going to haul ass to make sure I can get there on time. So 20 is plenty. If we're talking 6:30, sure, I'm no problem. But it's look. I'm not the best person to be talking about this because I'm a really fast driver, but I find it really, really difficult to even keep my car at 20. See, like, you tap the foot on the gas and it's like, oh, 24. And that's the difference. See, I, I, I'm actually a very cautious driver. You know, so I do go the speed limit or try to go somewhere around there. And I'm saying, yeah, that's ridiculous. I, man, if you pass that, you are don't you Don't you find it hard, like, difficult to keep no, your bro, car at 20 or no, 25? I'm cruising, fam. For what? Two miles an hour, so everybody sees you. It's Will Smith. It's a bar right there. No, I don't mean, like I said, I'm, I, it's just thing, difficult for me. No, I'm good. If you're important, people will wait. 20 is plenty is John the most, Travolta. like, Portland dumb thing to do. It's like, it's something that nobody's been worried about. Um, like, uh, honestly, it's... I can't remember the last. I mean, it's just is it a, is it a problem? More than that, has it ever been a problem? More than that, when was the last time you saw kids playing in the street? That's what I'm saying. Like, like literally, like when I was a kid, we played football in the street. So yeah, I can understand. Like okay, twenty is plenty in 1994. I, have, I totally I've, get that. I have stopped noticing it. Yeah, I mean, when was not really. When was the last time? Think about it. That you were outside on a nice day. That you saw kids playing in the street, playing frisbee, playing tag. I, I haven't seen it in 20 years. I mean, well, I, I've probably seen it a couple of times the last few years. I've seen someone set up some, like, hockey goals in the street. But it was more of, like, a, a cul-de-sac than a street. Yes. Now, that's now, it. You live in a cul-de-sac? Cul-de-sac yes. dead you know? ends. Yes. Like, definitely go, Definitely go 15, 20 in the cul-de-sac. It's, it's just bizarre because I'm, like, I, I just think it's the weirdest thing to spend all of this money on and to make a big deal out of when it, it 
Has this ever been a problem? Like, Every is time this I a s- big problem in Portland? Is yeah. this, like, bigger than the homeless issue that we have no. and the infrastructure problem that we have? No. Like, this is a waste of money. It's now, a waste of time. Is it? Is it when you have the site up, right? Is it Portland? Is it all the cities? Is it just Washington County? Like, what, what is... Where is know. the initiative? Because I, I, I don't, because I, I've seen it in Beaverton because I live out there. But I mean, I guess the only thought I could have is on the east side, there are some of the most narrow streets of all time. And when people park on both sides, it's a one lane road. So maybe there they're like 25. I don't know. Maybe go 20 and we can figure out so we're not having accidents or clipping side view mirrors or something. I have I have no idea where the initiative is supposed to be. If it's in Portland, that's silly. Every time I see one of those slow down children at play signs, I say, where? Where, where are the children playing? I don't see any children. Yeah, so, okay. Every time I've seen that sign, I've never seen any kids to boot. So, Well, they're all playing video games. Bingo. They're not outside. Or they're on the driveway. Like there's a little hoop on the driveway and you're playing basketball there. I've not seen a hoop in anybody's driveway really? in a long time. I see them in front, and it depends on where I go. Uh, Montana's born, yes, I'm bound to see a lot of hoops in front of the house or in the driveway and stuff like that. When I venture to southeast Portland, not as many. Northeast Portland, eh, sometimes. Not as many. Those are you saying it's a money thing or are you saying it's a little just bit of both? And some of the things get like stolen in certain inside. places. Oh, okay. Baskets get stolen, especially the the um portable ones, the ones that you can like Put a, yeah, those things get taken quite often. So they have campaigns, um, it looks like, uh, extensively in Europe. Uh, Denmark, Norway, Finland, uh, and oh, then Canada. Oh, so it's like an international thing. Yes. Uh, it is Boom. just recently, looks like, broken into the states. There's one in Bristol, down in California, um, up in Washington, and here in Portland, it looks like. I, so, I, I, I just, agree, I don't know. I, I agree just, with one of the texters, man. The only reason 20 is to make uh, make sure people um, are in school zones or go on the right, you know, the right school. Well, That's about it. Now, here, maybe maybe this is just different for me, but I'll ask this question to you. Text line's 55305, by the way. Um, I am a very fast driver, but I will not go above the speed limit in a school zone. It's just like a, you see school zone, you're like, all right, and you slow down. It's, Slam on the brakes. That's, a, that's warning enough for me not even to, to to deal with it just in case there are kids around because why do you want to even come close to a situation like that? School zones are the only time that it, you know, it, that's the only time it should be relevant. 20, 20 miles an hour around the school zone. Okay, cool. And, and cul-de-sacs. Right, that's because there's it. so many cars on cul-de-sacs. I'm you just can, saying. You need to go well, it's like when I see that 20 is plenty sign, I, I go up and down 42nd quite a bit. So in between Sandy and Fremont, there's that area where it's neighborhood, but if you're letting your kids play on 42nd in that neighborhood, you're, you're terrible dumb. Parent. You're a terrible you're parent. terrible parent. Why yeah. do you have 20 is plenty signs all the way up and down that? Like, I'm not driving 20 on 42nd between that area, because once again, if you're letting your kids play in that street, you are a terrible parent. This leads to a whole other thing, and maybe we can get to this. I mean, we The last could, segment? We could do it next, if you want to just push baseball and NBA finals off, but um, <laughs> I don't know. I, mean, uh, I think I was going to say, why, why, well, this is sports. Why are kids not playing in the street anymore? Because those were some of my most fun memories as a kid were the stuff we did outside on the street or in the cul-de-sacs and stuff like that. 500. I'm getting a lot of responses just based on 
based on this so far. I mean, right. That's what I'm saying. Do you want to do that next and then do I, I guess so, man, because that's a real concern for me. I have a six-year-old son, and yeah. I yeah, that's a real concern for me is him being able to play. Guess what? I work on primetime. I've learned how to do this. Yeah, that's what's <laughs> up, man. Good job. Uh, so on the show today, after that, we will talk about the new MLB to Portland stuff that happened this week. Russell Wilson and Sierra, or Ciara. should I say Sierra and her husband, um, are investors in the MLB to Portland initiative, which is really, really cool. We'll talk about that. Plus, uh, I, Rob brought this up over the week that there is a third site now in uh, in mind for the Portland base or Diamond Initiative for where to put a stadium if the other two don't work out. So we'll talk about that. NBA Finals Game 2 is today. You can hear it here on The Fan. We'll talk about Game 1 in the series uh, where it stands right now, plus more. This is Sports Sunday on The Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Nine eighteen here on The Fan Sports Sunday. Mike and Rashad with you till 11 a.m. today. Game two of the NBA Finals on The Fan later this afternoon. We're talking about this first segment. I brought up the 20 is plenty campaign because I see signs in front of people's yards and houses when I was coming in today, and it made me think. And then it brought in this conversation where Rashad said he doesn't see people playing in the street anymore. Or, I mean, hell, even outside, I suppose, could be could be turned into that. But th- if that is true, if that's a thing that's just stopped because of video games or more schoolwork or safety concerns or whatever, that sucks because some of my best memories – as a middle schooler or high schooler were the outdoor street football games Mm -hmm. or the little hockey nets that you got, the little small ones or playing manhunt in a cul-de-sac somewhere in a park somewhere. That was, that was the best. That was the best way to kind of, I mean, in my opinion, to cultivate your friendships because you weren't just watching a movie. You were out there messing around you know, talking smack, and <laughs> it was fun. It was the best time. It, it was an awesome time. You know, we were, <laughs> we were. That's that was fun for kids. You know, we I mean, you what, had to be. We to had me, to be. I feel like it would still be fun for kids. It. I mean, I think it would be, but we had to be much more creative when we were younger. Like even, and you're much younger than me. You're not much younger, but a little bit younger than me. And where you had a few more amenities than say Jesse and I had when we were kids. Like you know. Just think about things like this. The option of being able to save your video game. Let's just start there. That wasn't something that Jesse and I had with Nintendo and Sega Genesis. Super Nintendo. Once you once you're you finished, had to leave it on. Once you finished, no, you had to leave it on and then use power. And Granny wasn't going for that. <laughs> you better turn that off. But now you know, moving forward to like PlayStation Two and stuff like that. Probably when you were in high school, man, the save feature was there, and so I could pick right back up playing Madden or playing. Crash Bandicoot or whatever it was you were playing at that point. And so I didn't really have to go outside. Once that game was off for us, man, let's just go outside, man. Let's go but, out there and play. But here's the thing, though, right? So I, my first system was Super Nintendo. So I did. I am, I am clo- a lot closer to you than, than you're letting on in terms of that video game era. Um, that was my first system. I had N64, and then I had an Xbox in high school. But it didn't stop me from going outside. Even in my later high school years, when I got really into Halo 2, and I played it religiously, guess what? 
I still went out when my friends were out or there was a little group gathering where you were playing football on the street or like we, this was the, one of the biggest ones we had. We did it twice and the cops came both times. Screw them uh, in this situation. At least they, we went to a public park and we went to an empty parking lot and we played freeze tag and manhunt as like seniors in high school. And it was just seriously, it's weird. It was weird. That's what <laughs> it was. One of those things where you're like, what? We're playing manhunt. And I was like, Let's go. You guys play hide and seek? Yeah, well, let's do it. Yeah. And it was the most intense, fun game ever because we were all really, like, we weren't, like, underdeveloped. Te- like, we were fast. I can imagine how the police would be a little concerned at that point then. I thought you were going to say, like, we were, like, 11, 12. Like, well, I can imagine. They, explain to me. Why would they be concerned? We're just, well, we're in a public park. Well, because it's. We're just running around trying to tag each other. Because it's seven grown-ass dudes. It's not seven. Grown- it was, like, 30. <laughs> no cause for concern there, right? What do you mean, In a man? park? I, I just running around, yes, at, at a point, I, I could see how it looked weird. Like, if it were a bunch of 13-year-olds, no problem. But I could see how, and I assume, Lynch, at 17, 18, you were, a, you know, you, you look like a man at that point. I can imagine. I, I couldn't imagine getting the, the cops coming in. Exactly. Yeah, I can't imagine that. You're in a... At 18? At 18, no. You're in a park. I mean... There's at a, 18, I was still running like, around. I you're, felt invincible. It's cl- you're clearly playing manhunt. You're not doing anything wrong. I know that. I'm not tripping, but I could, like I said, I can see how someone else could see that and be like, yeah, that looks weird. I'm, I wouldn't. The, that's part of the problem, I Rashad. It, I wouldn't do that's it. why people aren't going out and doing like this I said, anymore. <laughs> I, I wouldn't do it, but I can understand how you know they will. But no, I, I agree with you, man. I think a lot of it is, and you, you said it, um, friends having to gather. That's another thing, man. We don't have to be together to gather anymore. Like, when I want to play a game with you, man, I'm going to go to Mike's house, and he and I are going to play Halo for a couple hours. Now, man, is Mike online? We can do it from here. We don't have to go outside and play. You know, we don't have to do any of those things anymore. And also, another thing is, man, play dates and all that stuff. Like, it kind of killed, like, just being able to just randomly run into new friends outside around the corner. And, oh, I met a guy named Jesse who lives up here, and he's got this game, and he does this, and he likes Power Rangers, too. Like, But, I mean, you, did you not go on play dates as a kid? No. I, I did. We didn't go to play dates. It was, man, I'm going down the street to Adrian's house and knock on really? his door and see if he's there. I did play dates all the time, but you also met new people doing that because they had other friends that also would come over. What? Never did the, Never did the play date, fam. Yeah. That's weird. What's weird? Mine or yeah, his? Yeah, yours. Like, I did the same thing as Rashad. Like, go down, hey, uh, is, uh, is Robbie available, you know, like, or, you know, home, I guess is what I would say as a kid. But, yeah, no, you just go down the street and knock on, on everybody's door, see what kind of group you can get, you know. It, and well, then and then you just kind of had this little kid gang running up and down the street doing stuff, whether they were riding their bikes or you know, playing basketball, whatever it was. What we normally 500. did was we would, one person would go to someone's house as a play date, quote unquote, or as you got older, just to go hang out. And then you would, uh, we did have cell phones at that point. You would text somebody and then they'd come over and then someone else would come over and then you'd go walk around. It wasn't just like knocking on doors down the street. I only had one person down the street for me who was a kid. Everyone else that's, was. That's kind of what it was. Adults. It'd be, you started one or two people on their bikes and man, can Jesse come out? And Jesse comes out, then we go get, and can Mike come out? And by then, we got a group of 10, 12 riding hmm. bikes and skateboards down the street. Interesting. You know? So that's that's. I had kind to of call how, their house phone and be like, hey, is, is, is Tommy available? And, and there was nothing better than turning a corner and seeing a bunch of kids outside playing basketball or playing football and be like, man, can we get next or can we play too? Or That's how those things happen. And I, I just don't – and this, mind you, I work with kids. 
I work with everyone from from sixth graders to seniors in high school. And yet and still, outside of the program's time that they spend with with me and my program, I very seldom do I ever see students out. Even even something as easy as basketball. Irving Park used to be a like a mecca as far as outdoor basketball or or, or park ball. You'd be hard pressed to go by there and find a group of teenagers out there hooping. It'll happen in the summer. You'll get a couple days, but for the most part, those days ride by Lorehurst right now on a beautiful day, or maybe not now. Wait till two o'clock. Ride by Lorehurst. See when people are out there hooping. I feel like if I told that to my nephews and um, nieces about how I used to play and, and get together with my friends, that they would just kind of look at me with a like, real why? alien face. Like, why? yeah, I don't get that. Like, huh? Like. Well, you didn't call them? No, we didn't all have cell phones. Like, the cell phone thing? That's where the age gap for the it, it, three of us is. Yes. Because yeah, house phones. I, I, well, I did use the house phone, but I think I got my cell phone when I was 14. Oh, yeah. So, no, no. in I high school, when I, was 17, yeah. I had the brick of brick Nokia. So, I think I got it then, and then it was just like, hey, you just call with that. Yeah, yeah it was call house. Hey, it's, I'm sorry. Hello, uh, hello, is Jesse there? And yeah. And Jesse got on the phone and said, hey, man, do you want to go ride bikes? Do you want to go up to Peninsula? You know, that's how that's how that would work. It's, it's crazy because I just don't I don't see that anymore. And I feel like this is one of those things to where we look back at our childhood and go, yeah, we definitely had it cooler. Like, I mean, granted, they have all the stuff and all the gadgets and gadgets that, you know, we wish we could have had. But for the most part, the creativity that we had to have back then was through the roof. Like we can figure out a way to play something with no with no, you know, any type of you had imagination. Yeah, we didn't yeah. have to do any of that. So what was your favorite? Street game, I suppose, as a kid. What, what was your favorite thing? Hide and go get it. Hide and go get it. That's not a real thing. No, <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Um, probably. Uh, shoot, man, I was a big fan. I think that's where I learned my got my love of football from was playing in the street, playing with friends. You know, um, just run a streak, man, or take take four steps, run across. You know, little stuff like that. That's where you start. Learning how to run routes and stuff like that is in the street. So yeah, square think, in, square out, exactly, slant in, you know, slant out, yeah, flutter out. I, I remember when I, would le- I learned uh, the post but, or a button hook is what uh, we used to call it. Let's just do that. Just throw it to me and I'll be open. So uh, I think that's really where I found my love for like football and really sports. You know, just being able to go outside and you know shoot hoops down the street. There was a basket that was like two houses down for me, and I would just go there. And just shoot for for a while until somebody came outside and we played crunch or something like that. What about you, Jesse? Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be a sport. It could be just skateboarding or using a uh, razor scooter or something. I mean, it was definitely uh, what I did the most around town in packs was I I was a rollerblader. Loved my rollerblades. Um, we've talked about going to the the you know roller rink or whatever before on this show, but I, I loved rollerblading. Uh, what I I mean, my favorite favorite thing to do uh, was play war. We had a little plot of um, field around our house, and us and the little kids, we'd all get around and play war. It was fun. Uh, so for me, as a group, it was definitely football because we we used you know like the various telephone poles and edges of cars as markers for first downs mm-hmm. in the end zone and stuff, which was always fun. Two completions is the first down. That's yep. what we played. And then as an only child, I did have a little solo game that my dad taught me when like my friends weren't around that I loved playing. It's called like stoop ball. You get a little pink spalding ball and you throw it at the front of your little like you're the stairs in front of your door. And when it bounces off, that's the hit. So you have to then field 
and play play the game. And I would do this like so deep where I would have a little notebook and I'd do like real baseball teams and I'd keep score. And like a certain marker on the street was a double or a home run, depending how far it went. It was that was so much fun to me. <laughs> Again, as an only child, you got to get creative sometimes. And that was uh, that was one of my fun ones as an only child to do. Um, so, hey, text text in your thoughts about outdoor uh, kids playing at five five three zero five. We did get this text that said, "Jim and recess is maybe enough time outside for new kids." That sucks because that does suck. Jim and recess is like I mean, forty five minutes to an hour. Well, Jim might be 30, 40 minutes, you know, and then it's, I mean, depending on the teacher, not very good. And then lunch slash recess. Kids get like maybe twenty five minutes, so you have to eat. Wow! Now, so you're forcing kids to eat really, really That's fast. Even la- less than I got. You're forcing them to eat really fast, or not eat anything at all, because if it's between eating food and going outside and playing, most of them are going to go outside and 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 play on the on the stuff for recess with all their friends. You have so. to do that though when you keep going. Well, we'll take a we'll start an hour later, and we'll we'll start letting them go an hour earlier because I. I don't know. They they have like two or three hours less of schooling than when I they went have to school. Like two or three months left of school <laughs> than than we used to have. It's it's bizarre. You know what I do? I do have a question about this too, because Rashad, you grew up in the city, mm-hmm. and Jesse, you grew up in the city or at the uh, edge of the city. Yeah, I mean Gresham. Right. Yeah. I wonder because if I because I grew up in a suburb, if it was different in terms of just walking down the street. Yes. Or having to go to someone's house in the town that you were in. Yes. I think that's why it was different for me. <clears throat> having lived in a suburb as as well, um, yes, it's much different. That's probably why I had such a different experience with it than you guys did. Because seriously, for me, I had one friend on my street, and the rest of the street, there was no kids in my school. So the closest kid in my school was like five blocks away. Because there's there was private schools in my town. There's You know, it's, it's different. You know, all my friends lived about a 10-minute drive away from my house for the most part. So that's why we had to call and set up times to meet with each other, and then people would go to the same house, and it would be – that's why we did it that way. Interesting. There, There's a Utah, I think. I think it's Utah that just passed a law here within the last couple of months basically saying that if you're – I don't know exactly what it exactly is, but it basically allows free free-range parents to – let their kids do their thing as long as they have like responsible yeah. kids, right? So they don't. Oh, I think I did see this. Yeah. yeah. So um, my parents were very much this way, and once we kind of got to a certain age, our I had a, kids all over Gresham, but I was able to ride my bike to friends' houses that were, you know, a half mile, mile away. Um, once I got to a certain age, so it uh, ours was very much the like the the street I lived on. We had to, you know, you kind of had to be those those friends with those kids because that's all you had around. But eventually, we kind of all broke apart because we found friends at our schools and that were like know. actual real friends, yes. not forced yeah. friends, not forced friends. People exactly. you actually liked. Right. Yes, yeah, um, uh, you know. Yeah, I, I get that too. That's all why right. war was so so good because we all hated each other. <laughs> <laughs> it made it more real. The pain was real. All right, we got a break. We'll get into real live sports coming up next, sort of, actually, uh, as MLB to Portland has some new news from the week that I think is a pretty big deal. So we'll talk about that next. But first, Jesse, a sports center. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 
All right, I get it. Nine thirty-eight here on the fan. Text line five five three zero five. Mike Lynch, Rashad Taylor, Jesse Osmond with you till eleven o'clock. And the big news locally this week happened on Friday, Thursday night, Friday. Oh, is that um, Richard Jefferson saying that LeBron was coming here? What or Jason? Who was it? Like was it somebody who said that? I think it was Richard Jefferson or something like that. It was like, oh, LeBron's closer to coming to Portland than we think. Was that him? What? Was, I, I think it was Richard Jefferson. Yeah. Where was I when? What? Yeah. You, you didn't, didn't hear, hear about this? this? I didn't hear this at all. I, yeah, I think man. it was more just like a. It was a dark horse statement. The nobody's mentioning Portland. And they should. Where, what? First of all, the signs worked. The billboards first of worked. All, where is Richard Jefferson right now? Not he's playing. Playing? Yeah. He's, is he playing? No. He retired. He yes. retired. He's like on ESPN? After he won a championship analyst, yeah. with LeBron. Mm-hmm. Wait, 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 wait. Richard Jefferson. I'm sorry. I just hijacked your entire segment. I apologize. Who cares? Um, it's not going his way today either way. <laughs> Oregon Live. Yeah, I missed this. Oh, it happened yesterday. Okay. Richard, the headline is Richard Jefferson makes outlandish claim that Portland Trailblazers will be LeBron but James. Is it outlandish though? Agency. Is it outlandish? Because if LeBron did come, here's here's the thing. Yes, never coming to Portland. I think we all kind of understand <laughs> that. Nike being here isn't enough reason for him to come to Portland. Like but he you can got get Nike CJ and from you, every, you got Dane. And that's the one thing. Like this would be a situation where LeBron wouldn't have to change his game or nobody else would have to change theirs. You know, you look at Kevin Love and people think he's – I think he's half the player that he was when he was in Minnesota because LeBron took him away from being on the block. So now he doesn't get to do his thing. CJ and Dane don't have that problem. They live at the three-point line. So, LeBron, you can penetrate, kick it out to two of your shooters, and go from there. All right, so here's the quote. I found it in the article. It is kind of – it's kind of tongue-in-cheek from what I'm reading here. I'm sure it was. So – as someone it, it on the text start, it, line is letting us know. So it starts off a little bit legit, and then he goes into a little bit of a, that's the, the, the funny jokes start coming in a little bit after. So he goes, right now, I really think that Portland is trying to do some things to move their entire roster and start building around LeBron. Obviously, LeBron has a connection to Oregon because of his relationship with Nike. Phil Knight being a really big LeBron fan, I think he wants to get him up there. I mean, they could build a whole new campus up there. Portland has now entered in the unfounded, irresponsible speculation of free agency around LeBron. So that's like a somewhat serious statement. He then goes on to say this. He said a positive thing about Damian Lillard, I think, in like 2008. I've seen him wear a blazer on multiple occasions, red and black are colors he's had on his shoes. There are a lot of things I don't think people are following here, and I think for me, and this is completely unfounded, and I have not talked to anybody about it, but I really think Portland will be his destination. So it started off as a as a halfway serious and then turned into a joke. So, Well, I mean. That's why I probably didn't see the news to because be fair, it's, it's I think, a joke. I think every team is preparing to get LeBron on their roster, you know, to, to, to be quite honest. Like, if you're the Brook or the Brooklyn Nets, you're you have a pitch ready for LeBron. You know he's not coming there, but you you have something ready in case he wants to interview. Yeah, so it looks like it was more of a joke than a serious yes. thing. But Russell Wilson and Sierra, Ciara is not a joke. Rashad, Jesse, we had four minutes and you made, you took it up on a LeBron to Portland joke that I didn't even know happened. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on. I'm just not, I'm you're doing you're you're pulling a me. The only times I've done that to Isaac and Suke where they only have a couple minutes left and they're well, trying to get to a topic and I just go, nah. Well, the thing about I'm jokes I'm going to push is, you this way instead because it's funny. The thing about jokes is there's some truth to them somewhere. So just... I think you're, that's stereotypes. Not That's not jokes. No, I'm saying jokes are stereotypes, tomatoes, tomatoes. All right, let's get back on time. Next segment.
Russell Wilson, Sierra, pledged long-term support to bring MLB to Portland. Is this a good thing? Is this a real thing? Is this going to make a difference? That's next here on Sports Sunday on The Fan. Sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, we're back on time, 945 here on your Sunday morning. Can't believe you guys tricked me into that. Well, I mean, like I said, there's some truth to it somewhere. I don't know. I don't think it was a trick. Portland loves talking about, you know, (laughs) fantasies. Well, to me it was a trick because... I had no idea that it was real or not, and I hadn't, hadn't heard it at all. Um, all right. I'm going to stop talking to you about it. Oh, Whoa. Right. That was aggressive. <laughs> Chelsea Grant wants me to stop talking about that, too. All right. Um, Russell Wilson and Sierra have become investors in the Portland Diamond Project to help land the city of Portland Major League Baseball. They had a little like press event thing at Baseballism yesterday, which was a little weird because it was kind of open to the public, but not really. And they took a lot of pictures and it, it, it was just more of like a publicity thing, I think, than a serious press event. But to me, this is kind of it's, it's a weird news story because they're partial investors, right? So, yes, they both have a lot of money. That means there's more money in the group, which is a good thing, even though we've heard that there's a lot of money in the group already. Um, but it's kind of a small part of the group. And I read that if we do get a team, they might become partial owners and it might be, you know, everyone in the group will have some sort of an ownership stake in the team in Portland. So it's not necessarily the biggest thing in the world that these, that these two are now investing in, in MLB to Portland in terms of like the financial side and in terms of getting it done to me, what this is in a positive way, and it is really positive is this brings more publicity on a national scale to MLB to Portland. I said this on Friday on primetime when I saw this story, it was, I didn't even see it on Oregon live. I saw it on ESPN. It was on the top headline section on the right side. It says Russell Wilson, Sierra investing in MLB team to Portland. And I clicked on it. And the first thing I did is I went to the comment section, which is usually a terrible place to go on sites like ESPN. But um, I went there and what I, what I wanted to do was I wanted to see what the view of this outside of the city of Portland was. Because as we all know, and as a lot of you listeners know, you, you might even be one of these people if you're listening. A lot of people in this city, a lot of the more non-sportsy Portlanders are very anti-anything coming to Portland. They want to keep it a smaller city. They don't want more traffic. They don't want to spend money on things like this, like building a stadium. So... A lot of the Portland comments on this ESPN article were saying MLB would never work there. There's only one team that they support, which is not true. It's two. Um, you know, th- that Timbers. Oh, I was going to say the Winterhawks? No, the Timbers. I mean, there's a <laughs> huge support system for them. And, you know, it was, it, was, it was a lot of that from people who live in the area. But what I wanted to see was people who didn't live in the area, what this article was going to do for their idea of MLB to Portland. And... I would say on a 90 to 95% rate, it was positive about baseball coming to Portland. 
they there there seems to be a couple of cities that a lot of people want baseball to go to or think it'll go to. Montreal is one, of course. They've been talked about as getting a team back for a long time now. Portland is another with Charlotte and Mexico City kind of thrown in there as well as options. But after this article came out, it, it wasn't even like, oh, Portland should get a team. It was how are you going to realign the divisions when Portland and Montreal get teams? It was already almost a given. From those, and again, this is just fans, but it's the national perspective in a small bubble. I was trying to just kind of get an idea for it. And there was a lot of support for MLB to Portland, which to me, that's what this Russell Wilson Sierra thing is. It's not, it's not about their money in full. It is in some way, but it's not, that's not the entire reason for it. This helps the exposure of it and the perspective of it because people like Russell Wilson and Sierra for the most part. Their money has nothing to do with it. Like, you know they they have enough of enough of that involved with the Portland Diamond Project, so they don't really need Russell Wilson and Sierra's money. In fact, Sierra and Russell Wilson are probably the brokest people on you know on this project. You know, and that's no no offense to them. Clearly, Russell Wilson is getting paid, but uh, that's not why they're there. They're celebrity figureheads. That's what this is. Do you remember when Jay Z was trying? We already to have that though. We have Mike Barrett. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, and he's your local guy. Yeah. He's the guy that I think everybody's going to get behind because number one, I think there's still a, a lot of hurt feelings amongst Blazer fans about Mike Barrett and Mike Rice no longer being the the commentators for Blazer games. You know, I think there's still a little bit of you know re- resentment towards the new guys. Who, who I don't, I don't, I don't mind. I mean, I think Calabro and. Uh, Mar Herder, you know, okay, and they're not you know, bad. I was on board at first, but I, I I've have gotten used to it. I have now gotten used to. Yeah, it. I've gotten used to it. You know, which I'm not sure if it's a good or bad thing, but you know, I've I've, well, I've gotten it, used it to it. It went from me not point. liking it to getting used to it. So I think it's a better. It's going in the right trajectory. Yeah. <laughs> so I think there's still a lot of people that are going to be supportive of Mike Barrett because of that, but. We are still in Seahawk territory. I mean, we are in Portland, but there are a lot of Seahawk fans here that absolutely love Russell Wilson. And those people that may not have been on board might be like, okay, well, well, yeah, we can definitely do that. And I look back at when Jay-Z was trying to move the Nets from Jersey to Brooklyn, and he was the minority owner there. But yet and still everybody paid so much attention to Jay-Z being the face. you know. And then you look at what Usher was trying to do or as a minority owner for the Cavaliers, especially after LeBron left, they needed some type of celebrity cachet to keep things going. Justin Timberlake's a minority owner in the T or in the uh, Grizzlies. So, you know, there's certain, and, and even in, in to a certain extent, even though he's, he's a bigger than minority owner, uh, Derek Jeter, he's yeah, not the only good. guy with the Marlins, although he's getting all the blame for everything. It's not just him. Well, cause he's the one that you're going to look at, but he's like the when, face of it. When things were going wrong in Brooklyn, everybody was looking at Jay-Z and not the, the actual, you uh, know, owner, you know, so it's just, it's, it's kind of one of those things that Russell Wilson is used to scrutiny. So I think he would be a, Okay, with that, Sierra at the beginning of her career faced a, a lot of scrutiny as well. People may not remember that. So, oh, I remember it. Yeah. So as far as there them, was a whole conspiracy theory. Yeah. There. So as as far as them being able to kind of handle that type of pressure, I think they'll be just fine. Uh, I said it on my Facebook. I just became a Russell Wilson fan. Uh, anybody that's down with bringing some uh, some fun to PDX, man, I'm on board. I, I'm 100. So go ahead and go number three. The other news with this, and feel free to text your thoughts to five five three zero five fan text line, was I don't, I don't know exactly where Rob saw this. He might have just had it from somebody, um, 
But he said that there is a third location now in the city of Portland that the stadium or that the Portland Diamond Project is looking to build the stadium. And that is over by the uh, the Port of Portland, the now not used Port of Portland in the same way, at least because the longshoremen went on strike. Um, I think it was it was Terminal 2 or it was Terminal something over there was a space that they were going to look at for building the stadium. And um, I don't know what that means in terms of the other two places, the uh, Portland Public School spot where they already made an offer and then the one which was in Montgomery Park. But if they're already investigating this third option, it makes me wonder if the other two places are not being super receptive to their offers to try to purchase that plot of land. Again, I find it very strange that Portland Public School wouldn't take the Portland Diamond Project's deal. Based you don't on, know Portland Public Schools. Well, man. I don't. I'm just saying yeah. on the on the surface, it looks like a really, really good deal with help down the road for buying them their new location as well as parks and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, I guess you know PPS a lot better than I do. Um, <laughs> they, it seems weird to me they wouldn't be taking that. But to me, this means they're looking at other plots of land for, for a reason. It's not just as a backup plan at this point. It's, it seems to me more of a, well, these aren't working out. Let's, let's put some pressure and try to find another spot. And I think there's enough spots in – in Portland, I don't know if we've been um, we've done our due diligence as far as finding what those are. If you're from Portland, North Northeast Portland, man, I can you can think of three three four spots right now, man. You can put it here. I've said it before. You can put it in Delta Park. I mean, if you, especially if you're looking at traffic, it's about the same as it would be right around the PPS district. You know, as far as one lane here and there, the freeways are coming there. Max Max traffic is right there, so it's about the same. So I think if you're from the city, you're like, yeah, man, you can put it here. You can put it there. You can, you know, you can. Why do we still have the Memorial Memorial Coliseum? Knock that out. There's a baseball stadium right there next to your basketball stadium. Like, that's – and have we not explored that option at all? Like, is that not a – I don't it, think they want to knock it down. There's they the, don't, and then the Winter Hawks don't have a home. I mean – They could play at the Moto, but – Not all the time. Yeah. That's the problem. No, I think because it's Memorial, Veterans Memorial Coliseum, there's – and they've got the actual memorial, although it's not super easy to find in there. Um, I don't think they want to when's, knock it down. When's the last time you've been to the Memorial Coliseum? I don't know. I go for graduation every year. Um, it l looks just just like that. It's old. It's ran down. Like I, I get holding on to it for nostalgia reasons, but if you really have an opportunity to bring the second, well, really the second real sports franchise here to Portland, because yes, MLS counts, but MLS is what Lynch, the fifth best soccer league in the world, third. Whoa, it's even lower than that. Well, there you go. You know what I mean. So this. Third, Major no League way. Baseball is number one as far as uh, uh, baseball goes. So if it's between that and the, the, the Winterhawks or – hey, man, I'm sorry. Oh, don't – no, no, you don't take the Winterhawks away. That's You don't take the Winterhawks away, but I'm like, man, I'll, I'll tell you this. In my entire life of living in Portland, most of it, I've been to three Winterhawks games. I'll, I'll t I'm going to go to to 12 whatever Beaver games, you know, if, if, they're, if they're here this That's year. the difference between you and I. Like, I've been to, like – 50 plus hockey games and i don't imagine that outside somebody being like hey i got an extra ticket you want to go to a baseball game me ever going to a baseball game i uh, i just can't imagine like you have the the pain in of whatever the infrastructure is going to be of They're driving gonna have around the baseball beer. stadium it, that's going to cost $15 a pint. That we're going to be able to sneak in, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying like what do you mean? I I mean even like i I find it frustrating to go to a duck game, let alone going 
to just a baseball game that's going to be a pain in the butt. Like, unless it's in a, a perfect location, just the getting to the stadium, leaving the stadium is going to be a big pain. Um, I found it, by the way, it was KGW. Okay. It is Terminal 2 at the Port of Portland, which is in the Northwest Industrial District. It is right on the Willamette. And in one thing that we talked about a couple of weeks ago that's important to me is I want a view of the water from the stadium. And because of the way that this plot faces, you could angle the stadium so where the sun is not setting into the eyes of the batter yep. and have it face the water. You also could potentially angle the stadium in a way to where the St. John's Bridge is in it. In That'd the view. be gorgeous. You're look, it's looking more towards the bluff and the University of Portland than it is towards the city. Although I guess you could angle it towards the city too if you wanted. Again, it's in a better spot for that in terms of just aesthetics. So you could either angle it towards St. John's Bridge or you could angle it kind of towards the city and not get the whole sunset and, and as it being a problem. Because you can't have the stadium facing west. You just can't do it. So, or at least have the field facing west. So, I think it'd be a pretty cool spot. Um, I mean, it, right across the street is just Swan Island. So, it's not necessarily the nicest thing to look mm -hmm. at. But Put it at the Expo Center. Oh, no, no, no. I'd rather have it at Terminal 2 for sure. Oh, yeah. Of yeah. course you'd rather have it at Terminal 2. But if that doesn't work, Expo Center... It's open to. Nobody goes there. Uh, this article from 2013 says MLS is ranked seventh, but I don't believe that for a second. Um, MLS is where European players go to wind down their careers. MLS can't beat the Liga MX in Mexico and the Champions League for CONCACAF. I know I'm speaking gibberish to you right now, but... You said CONCACAF? Yeah. What is that now? It's the... I don't know what it stands for exactly, but it's, it's, uh, it's like FIFA for us. Like FIFA runs the Euros and the and the Champions League and stuff. CONCACAF is the North America and Central America League. Mm. And maybe South America, too. I don't know. Cool. I don't know what it stands for. So just other countries that are going to beat the U.S. and the U.S. World is Cup. second best in CONCACAF, but that is not related to anybody in Europe. Okay. There's a lot of good European leagues that are better than the MLS. Just, okay. just so you know. All right. Coming up next, let's switch gears to the NBA Finals. Game two today. Game one was a ton of fun. J.R. Smith is a gigantic idiot, and the LeBron James meme is the best thing to come out of sports in a long time. We'll talk about all that, plus what to expect from game two in the next couple of segments. This is Sports Sunday on The Fan.